fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Ooh, yeah. Oof, man. Rolling pizza dough is tough, but it's a good arm workout. to the Class Act Podcast. I'm your host, Barry McCockner, and it is November 7th, Wednesday. And as you know, yesterday was voting day. Now, I, I try my best to stay away from politics as much as I can on this podcast because I'm basically sports-oriented, but uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about my experience voting yesterday. Um, I, went to the po- I went to the voting booth, and... Um, when I was done, I, I'm not going to say who I voted for, but when I was done voting, the second I got done voting, a pair of absolutely gorgeous women came up to me and offered to have sex with me. And I told them, I said, ladies, I'm sorry, but I'm married and I'm not going to do that to my wife. And everybody in the precinct gave me a standing ovation. Now, I'm not, I don't want to brag I don't want to act like I'm a better person than you are, but I'm just saying that a lot of guys wouldn't have had the restraint that I had. So uh, I'm just saying uh, not to give me an award for it, but I'm not saying that you shouldn't give me an award for that either. As all of you also know, last week was Halloween. It's been one week since Halloween. And I want to talk about that night. Um, Instead of handing out candy... Every year during Halloween, I like to hand out Constitution pamphlets, and every year it seems to make people angry. Now, I, for one, don't really understand why it makes people angry, because to me, if you're living in the United States of America, you need to know about the United States of America. So, uh, I was handing out these pamphlets, and one father came up to me and said, hey man, what's your problem? Why aren't you giving my kids any candy? I told him, I said, look, you know... Sweets and sugar is only going to do harm to your kid in the long run, but knowing about the history of America and knowing why America is great is going to help your child out in the long run. And he called me an asshole, and I said, you know, that's your problem, buddy. And uh, he, he proceeded to throw a punch at me, but I stopped it, I blocked it, and it made me feel like a really, made me feel like a badass, to be honest. And um, after after that, we went our separate ways, but... That's just a small. That's just a microcosm of what I have to endure every year on Halloween for not giving out candy. It, it it's just another example of why a white man like myself is so oppressed in this country. One of my other uh, favorite things to do on Halloween is every year I like to dress up as a school janitor, and I'll go to a local elementary school, and I'll sing the Pledge of Allegiance with students and. To me, that's a way that I, that it just it just gives me motivation and energy to keep to keep loving this country, and so far I've been doing it for almost twenty years now, and so far nobody's ever caught me, nobody really says anything. They just look at me kind of like who's this weird guy? I haven't you know, but 
I'm still able to do it, and every single time I do it, it makes me feel much better, and it's like I'm just refreshing my love for America. All right, enough about America's future. Let's get back to what's really important, and that's the fact that Tom Brady is 41 years old, and he just beat Aaron Rodgers on Sunday Night Football. I know I joke a lot about Tom Brady and him being 41 and all that, but in all seriousness, I have never, ever seen a more overrated athlete than Tom Brady. And let me tell you why. Because every fucking thing that the Patriots do, ever since 2001, so for the last 18 years, everything good that's happened to the Patriots always gets... Tom Brady always gets all the credit for it. And for almost 20 years, it's always pissed me off. And the media has always had a fucking hard-on for this guy. Tom Brady has never been impressive to watch. Ever. All he does is fucking throw short dink and dunk passes. And when he's not doing that, he throws up jump balls to guys like Randy Moss or Rob Gronkowski. Or, or just... I, I don't understand. I feel like every single time Tom Brady plays, I feel like I'm watching a different guy than what other people are crediting. Because nothing the guy does is ever impressive. And it's not just me saying that, oh, you're just being butthurt. The fact that the Patriots, in 2008, replaced Tom Brady with a guy who hadn't started a fucking game since high school, and the Patriots still won 11 games. They still had a top 8 offense. They still had two 1,000-yard wide receivers. Do you know what that proves? That proves that Tom Brady's a fucking system quarterback. And as far, and as and, and if that's not enough for you, go look at 2016. Tom Brady's out for the first four games. What happens? Jimmy Garoppolo throws fucking four touchdown passes in six quarters. Then he gets hurt. Jacoby Brissett comes in. The Patriots beat the Houston Texans, who were a playoff team that year, by 27 points with Jacoby Brissett. Okay, they go three and one. Patriots since two thousand eight without Tom Brady are fourteen and six. Seventy percent. They win seventy percent of their games without Tom Brady. Okay, that would be the best winning percentage in the NFL. So Tom Brady is nothing special. He was a sixth round pick for a reason. He doesn't have a strong arm. He has no athletic ability. The only thing he's good at is throwing dink and dunks and screens and getting credit for every fucking thing that happened, the good that happens to the Patriots. I have never ever seen him get blamed for anything the patriots went nine years without winning a super bowl and you never would have you never would have thought it because the entire time the media just fucking sucks off tom brady and you know what that motherfucker tom brady is also by far the luckiest athlete that i've ever seen even this past sunday night against the packers I said as soon as the Packers were driving to take the lead at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I said on Twitter, I just know that knowing the Patriots and Tom Brady's luck, the Packers are going to do something to fuck it up. And what happened on the very first play of the fourth quarter? The Packers fucking fumbled the ball. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. That, 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 it's so predictable. Tom Brady, I've never seen a luckier athlete than him. You can go back to the very beginning. You can go back to the very beginning with this asshole. Okay? In 2001, they won the Super Bowl. You know what? In three playoff games that year, Tom Brady led the Patriots offense to 29 points in three playoff games. And they still won the fucking Super Bowl. That's less than 10 points per game Tom Brady was responsible for. 
Okay? Not even to mention the tuck rule, which bailed Brady out and the Patriots from losing. So that's another thing. Then you go back to 2003. He has the top-ranked defense in the NFL. He's a game manager in the Super Bowl with, like, no time left. What happens? The fucking Panthers kicker kicks the ball out of bounds and gives Brady the ball at the 40-yard line to start, which, of course, he drove down the field like 30 yards, whatever, to set up Adam Vinatieri, who was the real clutch master on those Patriots teams. Then, in 2004, again, Patriots had an elite defense. Brady got carried to it. He wasn't even top 10 in any statistic for a quarterback, but based on revisionist history, people act like Tom Brady was like the best quarterback of all time since the first time he ever touched the fucking ball in the NFL. Even in the years in the playoffs, the Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl. Like 2006, where Brady threw an interception at the end of the game against the Chargers, and the fucking guy literally had it and fumbled it back to the Patriots, which the Patriots went on to win. Marlon McCree. Then you go to 2007, where in the AFC Championship game, Patriots got to play Phillip Rivers on a torn ACL and Lanian Tomlinson on a bum knee. And in that game, Tom Brady threw three interceptions, and the Patriots still won, of course. So, and then in the Super Bowl that year, he puts up 14 points. So, all the Patriots fans that constantly bitch, Oh, what about Tyree catch? You know, to me, the best quarterback of all time shouldn't be putting up 14 points against the wildcard team in the Super Bowl. Okay? That's just my opinion. Then you go fast forward to 2011. Again, in the AFC Championship game, what happens? Fucking Lee Evans drops... Against the Ravens, Lee Evans drops a fucking game-winning touchdown pass, and then Billy Kunda fucking chokes on a fucking 30-yard field goal, sends the Patriots to the, to the Super Bowl again, which, again, in the Super Bowl, Tom Brady's offense put up just 17 points against the wildcard team, but the only thing Brady Tards ever fucking talk about is, oh my god, the Wes Welker dropped the pass, Yeah, fuck you. And by the way, in the AFC Championship game that year against the Ravens, Tom Brady threw zero touchdowns, Two interceptions and had a quarterback rating of under 60. So yeah, he got fucking bailed out time and time again. And that brings me to 2014, which everybody knows was the Malcolm Butler interception, which is a play that, like, how do you even, I like, I get frustrated just thinking about it because literally all Seattle had to do was just hand the ball to their all-pro running back on the fucking one-yard line, and that's another Super Bowl for Tom Brady that goes down the drain. And you're asking, like, what are these? Like, what do all these plays matter? Because people constantly use Tom Brady's rings to say he's the best quarterback ever. <coughs> when for every fucking ring he's won, there's either been a cheating scandal or he's been horribly bailed out by his opponent. It has nothing to do with him being great. It's just him being bailed out by his opponent's stupidity. But people don't care. They just look at the rings. Okay? Let's go to 2016 then. Where in the Super Bowl... Actually, no. Let's go back before the Super Bowl. Okay? In the divisional round against the Texans, Tom Brady threw two interceptions, completed less than 50% of his passes, and had a quarterback rating of 68.8. That's Jamarcus Russell-esque. And did it cost the Patriots the game? No. In fact, the Patriots won by 18 fucking points because they got to play Brock Osweiler because the AFC, and specifically the AFC East, has been fucking dog shit for the entirety of the Patriots run with Brady and Belichick. And let's go to the Super Bowl that year, which is by far the biggest example of both Tom Brady's luck and the media giving him credit for things he does not deserve credit for. 
Okay, so we, let's start with the obvious. Tom Brady played like complete dog shit for like the first three quarters of the game, which is why the Patriots were down 28-3 to in the first place. He threw a pick six. He was overthrowing and underthrowing everybody, okay? But then that doesn't even begin to tell the story. What happened is, is the Falcons went completely fucking brain dead, okay? Let's see. In the fourth quarter, you had a fucking strip sack uh, in their own territory, which, of course, the Patriots capitalized on. And then the Falcons were up 28-20. They get the ball into Patriots territory because Julio Jones made an incredible catch. The Falcons were on, like, the 30-yard line of the Patriots. All they had to do, again, just like the Seahawks a couple years before, all they had to do was just hand the ball off and kick a fucking field goal, and they would have won the game. And there's another ring for Tom Brady down the drain. Okay, and instead of talking about Tom Brady having five rings, here he is, Tom Brady, having a three and five record in the Super Bowl. But you know what the Falcons did? They fucking tried to pass it and pass it and they got penalties and they got pushed back out of field goal range. So they punted it back to the Patriots. Okay, now you're saying, well, you know, Tom Brady still had to put points on the board for the Patriots. And that's true. But on the most memorable play of that game, which is Julian Edelman's catch, it should have been the game ending interception. He fucking dropped, Robert Alford dropped a fucking horrible pass by Tom Brady that somehow went into Julian Edelman's hands, okay? And that perfectly encapsulates Tom Brady's luck. The guy throws a fucking Super Bowl losing interception, it goes right through the guy's hands, and it counts as a completion for him. Imagine if if Peyton Manning's interception that he threw to Tracy Porter in the Super Bowl, imagine if that went through Tracy Porter's hands and Reggie Wayne caught it and the Colts gained 30 yards on the play. That's basically what happened so then you know everybody knows Patriots ended up winning that game uh and again the Falcons had a top 10 offense of all time and the Patriots defense held which was ranked first that year by the way um held the Falcons to 21 points offensively uh the week before by the way against the Falcons offense Aaron Rodgers defense gave up 44 points so yeah I guess Aaron Rodgers just didn't want to win as badly as Tom Brady did. And, of course, the only thing anybody could ever talk about after that game was, oh, my God, Tom Brady leads a comeback. He was so impressive, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I just cannot get it. And then last year, you talked about last year, the fact that the Patriots, I can't I can't lie, Tom Brady played well enough to win the Super Bowl last year, and his defense let him down. But it wasn't like Tom Brady did anything impressive in the Super Bowl either. He was throwing to wide receivers the entire game, who had, like, nobody within 20 yards of him. Uh, but even even getting to the Super Bowl, the, Patri- the Patriots got to play Marcus Mariota and Blake Bortles, okay? Fucking shitty quarterbacks. So every year, the Patriots get a fucking cakewalk to the Super Bowl in the shitty AFC. Finally, this year, in 2018, there seems to be, like, another elite quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, who could have a chance at throwing the Patriots. But the Chiefs' defense is shitty, so I don't know what's going to happen. And knowing Tom Brady's luck, what's probably going to happen is the Chiefs, like they always do seemingly, are going to shit their pants in the first round so they won't even get to play the Patriots, and the Patriots will get to play some fucking tomato can, which, of course, they'll win, and the Patriots will get back to the Super Bowl this year. And, you know what, that's just how it goes. And as a guy who despises the Patriots, as a guy who despises Tom Brady, that's just i just come to accept the reality that that's just how it goes. And it's going to be that way, until Tom Brady finally decides to retire, which we don't know when. He could play another four to five years. When he says he could play another four to five years, I believe him. Because his the, what he does 
doesn't require any physical stress, doesn't require any physical talent. All the guy does is throw a bunch of dink and dunks and check down passes and screen passes and nothing. He His position, his job doesn't require really anything stressful physically. So I could see him playing another four to five years. And why wouldn't he want to play another four to five years? He Every single week he plays, the media fucking gives him a fucking blowjob and gives him credit for 100% of the credit for shit that he doesn't deserve credit for. So why would you walk out from that? I mean, why would you? I mean, you know, so I don't blame him for not retiring. I cannot wait, though, until he retires, and I cannot wait until the Patriots are shitty again, which won't happen until Belichick retires, because Belichick is the real genius behind the Patriots dynasty, not Tom Brady. But I cannot wait until the Patriots are shit again, because I will fucking rub it in the faces of all their fat, racist, alcoholic, piece-of-shit fans. Every single week, when the Patriots are finally shitty again, once Belichick retires. And that's all I have to say about that. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. Now it's time for the mailbag, where I'll answer some questions from my absolutely amazing fans. First question. What's your take on aliens from outer space? And do you think they support the troops and respect women? You know, personally, I don't have a strong opinion either way about aliens. I think if... They're smart enough to create spaceships to travel through billions and billions of light years. I would hope they have the mental capacity to respect the troops and women. Um, But you never know. I mean, uh, the movie Independence Day really, really soured me when it comes to aliens. So every single time I I see an alien or hear about an alien, I just think about them destroying the world. So it's to be determined on that one. Next question. Your dog frequently tweets anti-troop messages. How is it that you're willing to keep an animal that has so little regard for the troops? He does not seem to be a class act. Well, you know, for me, I've always had a weakness for animals. I I, I love dogs. I, I feel sorry for dogs because they don't have thumbs and it's hard for them to tweet and do things. But, you know, to be honest with you, I just... I, I, I think I'm just a sucker for dogs. So it's it's just... That's just how it goes. Next question. One throw, one drive, one game. You need a different quarterback for each. Who are you taking? Let's see. For one throw, I would take Patrick Mahomes because he has, like, the strongest arm I've ever seen. For one drive, I would take Tom Brady. Not because I think Tom Brady's good, but because the opponent would just find a way to fuck up and give the Patriots a touchdown. So, for one game, I would take... Aaron Rodgers, because he's the best quarterback I've ever seen, even though he's had a bit of a down year, I think, which is related to his injury that he got and the fact that Mike McCarthy is just an idiot. Uh, And I think Aaron Rodgers is probably tired of Mike McCarthy. But one game, uh, give me a healthy Aaron Rodgers and I'll take my chances. Next question. Who would you want to win a game of one-on-one, LeBron or the Troops? You know, this is a very, very difficult question to answer because I'm, I'm a gigantic LeBron fan. But I just I just can't go against the troops. I mean, you know, the troops are... Without the troops, there wouldn't be a LeBron. You have to, you have to consider that. Uh, without the troops uh, going overseas and defending this country from terrorists, LeBron wouldn't even be able to play basketball. So, uh, in fact, you can make the argument that LeBron, instead of playing basketball, he should have used his athletic ability and his athletic skills to become a troop. Because imagine, like, in Iraq, if... Like, they could have used a person like LeBron to swat opponent grenades, to use his vertical leap and his, his, his athleticism. So, 
Um, the more I think about it, the easier it becomes, actually. So I'll say I, I would definitely want the troops to win one-on-one. -on -one. And in my opinion, I think the NBA is lucky that the troops decided not to make a basketball team because if the troops wanted to, they could create a basketball team and easily win the NBA every year. Next question. Steph Curry is leading the league in points per game, but is also last in finals MVPs. Is he a Hall of Famer? You know, I'd have to lean towards no at this point. To me, I can't put a guy in the Hall of Fame if he has as many finals MVPs as Anthony Bennett and Kwame Brown. I don't care how many points he scores. Uh, to me, that's just such that's just such damning evidence that he doesn't deserve to be a Hall of Famer. And it also doesn't help that he's he's not even a top two player on his team. I mean, Andre Iguodala and Kevin Durant both have finals MVPs, so... The guy's not even a top two option on his own team, so it's hard to say he's a Hall of Famer, considering he's been carried to all of his titles. But, uh, yeah, that's my that's my answer. I don't think Steph Curry's a Hall of Famer. Next question. How long would Brady's career have been if he played for someone other than Belichick? Let's see. Uh, um, if Brady wasn't drafted by Belichick, he probably would have spent a year or two in the league as a backup, and then he would have retired to become a golf pro in his native California, uh, where he would be able to make out with kids in his free time. Last question. Who is the biggest class act of all time? <sighs> this is a tough one. Um, it, to me, it's it's either Pat Tillman or Abraham Lincoln, because Abraham Lincoln, um, he ended racism when he abolished slavery. Um, but Pat Tillman also gave up... Uh, gave up his his career in the NFL to go overseas. I I'd have to if if push came to shove, uh I'd have to give the edge to Abraham Lincoln just because uh to me I'm not saying that Pat Tillman didn't hate racism, but to me, you know, it it's tough to beat ending racism like Abraham Lincoln did in 1863 when he signed the Emancipation Proclamation. That puts Abraham Lincoln over the edge, but it's it's a very close bet. Now it's time for a little segment. I'm going to be talking about relationship advice based off of prior experience and just common sense. Life is a lot easier once you understand that the girl that you like is talking to at least 10 other guys at the same time as she's talking to you, okay? You cannot make the mistake that, oh, I'm the only person she's talking to because you're not, trust me. And that, that sucks, it's a tough pill to swallow, but that's just the facts. And you know what, it, it's tough, man. Today, having, I, I do envy people who are in relationships with people they love because in today's social media era, it's so easy for people to cheat and it's so easy for women to cheat that trying to find your soulmate that you actually connect with and care for it's tough it's not like the 50s and 60s where there wasn't you know twitter or snapchat or instagram where you could just with the click of a button you know interact with, with five different people at the same time you know people had women had to be a lot more careful about whoring back in those days nowadays i mean like i said you can, they, women can talk to 10 different dudes at the same time and it's hard to really find a woman that you can connect with on a spiritual level. Uh, and for me, I know my wife, um, my ex-wife, I should say. Um, we uh, 
once I found out that she was having an affair with uh, our next door neighbor, that was that was tough. Um, I, I told her many times. I said, you know, honey, I'm okay if you have sex with uh, a person who's in the armed forces, but you know, if you're having sex with somebody who's not in the armed forces, that's where that's where I draw the line. And uh, she did not listen to me, and that's why we ended up getting a divorce. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know what I was talking about. I got off track. God damn it! God damn you, Susan! <sighs> Fuck! <sighs> Moving on. Oh, and, and by the way, fellas, if she leaves you on red, dump her ass. Dump her ass right away. Because leaving a person on red is one of the most disrespectful things that you could ever do. Okay? If she leaves you on red, she's basically saying, I, I acknowledge your existence and I do not give a shit about your existence at the same time. Believe me, there are a million other fish in the sea. If she leaves you on red, I don't care how great her tits are, I don't care how fat her ass is, if she leaves you on red, forget about her and go find somebody else, okay? And you know what? This might sound controversial, but you need to be an asshole to get, to get a woman. You just... You have to be an asshole, okay? Because if you're not an asshole, and if you suck up to a woman, and you treat her with respect, you know what's gonna happen? She's gonna either screenshot your text and send it to her friends in a group chat, and they're all gonna laugh at you. They're gonna laugh at you, and she's gonna think you're boring, and she's gonna think you're a pushover. And that brings me to my next point. If you are in a relationship, you have to show your woman that you're able to pull other women. Because you know why? If you can't, she's going to view you as a chump and she's going to think, God, I need to upgrade. That's why single women love married men. Because married men have shown that they can attract other women. And single women, are they just go wild over that they think it's so attractive. So, believe me, it sounds crazy. And you're saying, oh, you know, this is not all women, blank, blank, blank. You know, that's just, that's just how it goes. So, believe me, trust me. I'm a, I'm a doctor, I know what I'm talking about, and I'm a class act, so I know what I'm talking about. And that does it for this week's episode of the Class Act Podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Class Act Podcast on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Believe me, folks, we're going to make it big. And we're going to make it big because you guys, it's all because of you guys, the fans. If you guys continue to support, we'll make it big and we'll be able to spread my knowledge, and my class actory to other parts of the world. And that's what really matters. Remember, stay classy, and I love you. Folks, I'd like to sing a song about the American dream. About me. About you. About the way our American hearts beat way down in the bottom of our chests. About that special feeling we get in the cockles of our hearts. Maybe below the cockles. Maybe in the subcockle area. Maybe in the liver. Maybe in the kidneys. Maybe even in the colon. We don't know. I'm just a regular Joe with a regular job. I'm your average white suburbanite slob. I like football and porno and books about war. I got an average house with a nice hardwood floor. My wife and my job, my kids in my car, my feet on my table, 
and a Cuban cigar. But sometimes that just ain't enough to keep a man like me interested. Oh no, no way. Someone else's expense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I drive really slow in the ultra fast lane while people behind me are going insane. I'm an asshole. I'm an asshole. I use public toilets and I piss on the seat. I walk around in the summertime saying, how about this heat? I'm on Sing this song, pal. I'm an actor. Yeah. 